Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everybody. Hi. Uh, welcome to Take the Black Live. My name is Dan Selke, and I am the editor of WinnersComing.net. I'm here with Daniel Roman, also the editor of WinnersComing.net. And we have a – we're a little bit late. This is um, going to be our technical difficulties episode um, special uh, special yes. uh, for this month. There's a bit of a delay. There's some things that are happening, but we have lots to talk about. We want to give it to you, all of it, that we can. Daniel, um, why don't you give a block of text describing how you are doing with as little back and forth as possible? Okay, a block of text. I am doing well. Uh, glad to be here. Uh, great to see you guys, Martha and LCH Jeremy and Christian and Julie. Um, we have a lot of stuff to talk about this week because last week was the one with a lot of really big new releases. Um, and we're going to touch on as many of those as we can in the allotted time. But first, we need to get to some House of the Dragon stuff because we're around a week and a half out from House of the Dragon. And at that point, it pretty much means that you should expect we're going to have some House of the Dragon stuff to talk about pretty much every time there's a show until we start doing our after shows. And then we'll see how that goes. Oh. Um, and yes, RIP to Olivia Newton-John. Um, yeah, very, very 100%. sad that she passed away this week. Um, so yeah, Dan, are you, are you ready to talk, talk about some stuff? You, you ready to lightning round some pictures? As always. Yeah. The first thing we're going to do is we're going to go up through a bunch of new photos from house of the dragon and give our 22nd impressions, kind of a lightning round here at the top of the show. And why don't I just go first? So flash a new picture and I will give my take on it. Okay, we got here. We got um, Patty Considine as King Viserys Targaryen 1. These are beautiful new pictures from House of the Dragon. There he is with his long, blonde, luscious hair and his wig. Oh, the crown's really cool. He got like the Targaryen sigil, the Baratheon sigil, some different ones throughout the crown. Looking good. I think... He's pretty interesting and exciting because his character is... Okay, and there we go. And that is the buzzer. All right. Um, next picture. Danny, you take this one. All right. Bear with me in my technical difficulties. So I can't see if the picture's up, but I'm going to talk about it because I can see it on the back end. So this uh, next picture that we're looking at is Rainus Targaryen. 
Um, at presumably attorney or something like that. She's sitting or standing next to her husband, Corliss Valerion. Um, and we can just see Patty Considine as Ceres right there in the foreground. And whatever's going, Rainus doesn't look pleased. <laughs> True. Um, you can't see the pictures? I shouldn't uh, ask questions. Um, okay. Ne next picture. I can see them. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. We have here. Oh hell! I never. Oh no! I got it. We got um young Rhaenyra Targaryen and the Lord Commander of the King's Guard, Sir Harold Westerling. I nailed them both. Played by <laughs> Millie Alcock and uh, the, mm -hmm. no, I know it. Grand McTavish, respectively, going to the Iron Throne room. She's the heir to the throne. She's his. She's he's her bodyguard, and it's gonna be a fracas. Um, costumes look good. Looking forward to it. Okay, Daniel, next. Fracas. Oh, I like this one. All right, so this next picture is young Rhaenyra standing in front of the Iron Throne. Um, and we get a nice, good, moody, atmospheric look at the mount of swords that have been put around the throne to make it closer to George R. R. Martin's vision of the the one in the books. I love this picture too. Um, uh -huh. So cool. That is the, my personal favorite, I think from the, um, the collection, but no time to think about that. Cause what is the next I one going to too. be here? We have uh, Matt Smith as Damon Targaryen in a, I think kind of party city looking dragon helmet there at the wings and the little, it looks kind of plastic thing at the top. Um, I also like <laughs> how, the show gets kind of dinged sometimes for not having visors with how they wouldn't like actual, actual medieval times. And they're kind of like splitting the baby here. Like his face is almost covered, but you got to see Matt Smith. That's what you're paying for people. You're paying for that jaw and hello, everybody. It's we might true. be a little less comments today just because um, of the technical difficulties, but we see you, we see you, Nicole and Christian and Julie and Martha and LCH Jeremy. But um, if, if, if we don't get as much to you this week, I'm sorry. There's things beyond our control. But what is in our control is this next picture that Daniel is going to be having as the dragon. All right. Uh, so this next picture is of, once again, young Rhaenyra, um, played by Millie Alcock, with Emily Carey as young Allison Hightower. And the show is really going to play up their relationship as young women, as best friends. But yeah, before everything really goes sideways. Um, so here, oh. they still like each other. And we'll see how long that lasts. Intense young friendships. Daniel, did you have a best friend when you were a young yeah. person with whom you either lost touch or grew up to be mortal enemies with? Um, I, I would say maybe that I've lost touch with, I, I never had a, uh, a yeah. friend that I rested my forehead on quite, quite like that. So maybe that's why they didn't become mortal enemies. <laughs> um, I can't yeah, say yeah, I yeah, regret yeah, yeah, yeah. it. <laughs> Same. I've had, I've had some early friends with, with whom I've lost touch. I'm happy that we never became arch yeah. enemies, but you know, there's still time anyway, yeah. uh, hit up the next picture. <laughs> 
again, here we have Rhaenyra and Allison all grown up. Their uh, youthful forehead meetings are long behind them. They are now bitter enemies. Rhaenyra wants the throne. Allison wants the throne for her own son. It's painful. It's it's excruciating. It's why the humanity. It's going to be. It's it's a brunette and a blonde, and, and they're going to fight each other. You know, emotionally, morally, not so much like fists. No, actually, there is one scene though where they're going to fight with fists too. Um, I'm looking forward to it quite a bit. Yep. Okay. Let's move on to the next one. What is it? All right. Our final, our final picture, which I'm just going to presume is on the screen right now because the the tech is on my end partially. I think so. This is a dragon. In case you couldn't tell, it is Caraxes. This is Damon Targaryen, Matt Smith's dragon. He is an ornery fellow who doesn't like people except perhaps to eat them. Um, you can just see the edge of his saddle there around the bottom of his neck. And uh, he's a bearded Ooh, dragon, that. kind of like tropical lizards. He's got a, a beard of spines. I'm psyched. Pretty cool. For the dragons. And this one. I didn't notice the... Because uh, as um, as George R. R. Martin said today, I thought this was not said today in an interview, this is pretty funny, that he asked that the House of the Dragon producers do put three things in this show. He wanted dragons that yeah. were colorful. He wanted heraldry that was colorful. And he wanted them to amend the official timeline to include a, a acknowledgement of King Jaehaerys uh, Targaryen II, who was the Mad King's father. And I, I heard those three things. And I was yeah. just entertained because <laughs> they're such three kind of smallish almost petty details that like he's an old guy so yeah. he wants um like the adult coloring book version of the show and he wants things bright that he can see them which i wouldn't mind that um sure and he wants this like minor insignificant character who they didn't acknowledge on game of thrones written back into the official canon which is just i just think it's funny i i just think it's funny that that's where his head is at and that's what he yeah. is insisting be in this show lest it fail yeah i think the dragon thing is the most it's the one i think is the most valid of west just because like it is a pretty fair point that the dragons oh. in the original series they look less visually yeah. distinct as time goes on like the colors don't pop as much as he describes them but the, the jaharis thing yeah i think that's hilarious because like jaharis is not <laughs> this is not jaharis the conciliator he's talking about it's the next jaharis who's around like a hundred years later. And basically game of Thrones, like wrote him out. They said, Eris's father was, uh, Aegon the fifth on game of Thrones. Um, so that is just, you know, respect George R. R. Martin's painstakingly crafted family tree. I guess it's possible that LCH Jeremy could be correct. And that, uh, the, the report could have had it wrong that George R. R. Martin wanted Jaharis the first scene. That does make more sense. And uh, I'll, he, I'll vet and this we one. Are, I'll and we are going to see Jaharis the first. I think Jaharis second is a lot funnier. Uh, the idea that he looks like awake yeah. at night being like, why didn't they include Jaharis second in the official HBO coffee table book on the, some of the <laughs> timelines and the, and the ancestry? That's really funny. It does yeah. make a little more sense. He'd be, he'd, he would want to see Jaehaerys the first because House of the Dragon is not going to get yeah. to uh, so, Jaehaerys the second in any case. 
No, totally not. I so I that because that was my first reaction too when I read about this this morning. And Jaehaerys the first is in Game of Thrones. He's mentioned like once in Game of Thrones. And Jaehaerys the second mm-hmm. uh, apparently there was a thing where fans, some fans, the very hardcore fans, were like, "What happened to Jaehaerys the second? Because they the I show purposely omitted him. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I it's hilarious either way. I. I think the quote is right, but it makes less sense. We're going to ask him. We're going to interview George R. Martin eventually, and we're going to ask yes. him the answer to this question because I'm now very curious. Harris the second. Um, Which Harris? Daniel, did you want what other House of the Dragon? And again, just for the delay, um, topics did you want to talk about? Because a bunch of stuff came out. Did anything stand out to you as yeah. interesting? Why don't you talk about one? Sure. Um, I think one of the most exciting things that has come out in the past week is that the showrunners teased some of their favorite moments. Um, specifically, Sapochnik talked about a moment they call Eye for an Eye, which is the sequence in, we now know it's episode seven, where Alicent comes after the cat's paw dagger. Um, if you've read Fire and Blood, you probably have a pretty good idea of why they call that sequence eye for an eye. Um, We're not gonna spoil all the details, but so they're really excited about that one. And then um, Ryan Condal, the other showrunner says there's an even bigger scene in episode eight that involves most of the cast and has to deal with a succession, not the succession. Um, So my guess is it has to do with Corliss Valerian gets sick at one point. And there's a whole dispute over who will be his successor. Um, they'd have to rearrange things. But either way, we know big stuff is coming. Episode 7 and 8. And I think that's exciting. Dude, um, the scene with Allison tearing at Rhaenyra with a dagger, I've been looking forward to it for a while just based on the trailers. I mean, you can just tell that's totally. full of passion and um, drama. I'm looking forward to that one a lot. Yeah. Uh, we also... We also got news that, um, so uh, a long time ago, they were going to have, HBO was going to have an official Game of Thrones convention. Now, there already are a couple of unofficial Game of Thrones conventions, like mm-hmm. Con of Thrones and A Con of Ice and Fire. Um, I guess my first question is, why couldn't they just graph on A Con of Thrones? That would have been kind of cute. But yeah. they were going to throw an official Game of Thrones convention, right? I think that would have been cute. I think it would have been fun. I, and I've yeah. been to those, and, 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 and they were a good time. And I could be in a panel at that one. I can't be in a panel at this one. But anyway, <laughs> they're in an official one. They had to cancel it, I think, more than once, maybe because of the COVID. Because they were planning on yeah. it for a while back. And then the vid got around, and there were additional variants, and they just couldn't go through with it. But now, they're for real serious doing it. And they are going to mount this official Game of Thrones fan convention in Los Angeles, California, on from December 9th to 11th, which is a good time to be uh, in Los Angeles. And yeah. they're going to have a lot of the folk who are going to be there originally. They're going to have Alfie Allen, Theon, Jack Gleason, Joffrey. That'll be fun. Christopher Hijfu, who plays Tormund. Christian Nairn, who plays Hodor, who loves going everywhere. Daniel Portman, who's Podrick. Gemma Whelan, who's Yara. Isaac Kepson Wright, who plays King of the Sixth Kingdom, Bran Stark. And they also added Mr. Kit Harrington, which is cool because yeah. um, he's a big star from that. And I wonder if they'll take the opportunity. 
Do you think they're going to reveal anything? Do you think the fact that Kit Harrington's there means that they're going to have a promotional shot of him back in his costume and he's going to say, I'm coming back at the Jon Snow show, like they're developing? Or do you think it's going to be I'll fun? I'll be back. I, so I think, mm-hmm. um, I think the my gut reaction was they have Kit Harrington partially to make up for the fact that they have delayed this thing a few times and it's the first official one and stuff. So to try to regain some of that hype a little bit, um, I don't know. I'm, I would be surprised. I think if they announced anything major, like I doubt that the announcement of the snow series is getting greenlit, um, is going to happen at this thing. It just feels too soon. Although what do I know? It might, do you do you think we're going mean, to find out about the Jon Snow series? I want to say no, but the fact that um, uh, they're trotting him out makes me curious and makes me kind of hopeful. Um, it's also yeah. cool that it's going to be after House of the Dragon has wrapped up. Yeah, it, it'll be after it's done. So they'll be able to take the temperature of the room, right? They'll be able yeah. to kind of assess how things went. Um, I mean, because... Whether the show does well, it'll be a nice victory lap. If the show tanks, it'll be an awkward weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally fair. Um, I mean, I'm kind of on the fence. You know, I'm sure it's going to be fun. I I live East Coast, so I doubt I'll be there. But um, pretty exciting okay. that they're actually doing it. I hope it becomes a yearly thing. Well, I mean, I kind of do, but also I agree with LCH Jeremy, who's been to Count of Thrones. I've been to Count of Thrones. I've talked to Count of Thrones. It was so much fun. I wish they would have talked to the people who were already organizing it and gotten to some. Because, like, how many Game of Thrones conventions do we need, you know? I'm I'm wondering that. I think it would have been cool for them to come up, yeah. come on high in their ivory tower and talk to us little fans who attend Count of Thrones and then set Kit Harrington to Count of Thrones instead. Don't make us come to your thing. You come to us. We were here first, yeah. although we are here because of you, you major, know, very expensive thing. So it goes both ways. Yeah, you know, I will, I will bat. I was surprised at how much the marketing was like. This is the first official fan convention because, yeah, like, I haven't been to Con of Thrones, but I'd heard of Con of Thrones enough that I was like, I thought we had conventions for years now. Um, we're not the we official conventions. This is official. Which means you can pay money to get your picture taken with stars <laughs> from the show, presumably. Well, I mean, that, you, that's going to be the thing. You could always do that. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. 
Did you hear the thing where uh, Sean Bean was talking about going to fan conventions for like Lord of the Rings and yeah. he's saying like, I didn't like the way they kind of uh, corralled the fans and had them kind of uh, extort them for autograph money. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't, I, I got, I did that one time. It was for, um, Oh, the guy who plays Gendry. I was doing it for somebody. They asked me to get him to sign something. Remember who plays Gendry? Uh, John Joe Dempsey, Dempsey, I think. Joe yeah. Dempsey. I, I did that, and it was fine. It's just like it, it's amazing. That, I mean, it, it's weird to think that um, that that's like a booming industry, like the autograph lines and the yes. sign my headshot uh, stuff. But if I were a celebrity, yeah. oh, I'd do it so fast. I'd, I'd charge so much for my face. People wanted to pay for it. Why not? Um, and as Julie asked, no, Julie, I don't think the show will tank. I just like to build a good um, wall of um, yeah. plausible deniability. So I'm not too hurt if something does happen. I don't want to um, <laughs> see watching a TV show is exactly like a marriage. Uh, you get into it what you put. You get out of it Exa what you put ex in. Exactly like it. Yeah, it, precisely. There's no difference. And um, I'm afraid that yeah. if I go too whole hog too soon, I'll be hurt. But I'm expecting it to be good, and I'm looking forward to it. And eventually it'll woo me, yeah. and I'll invest in it completely, and then season eight will be not as good as advertised, and I'll have my heart broken. Um, but that'll be then. <laughs> yeah. For Anything now, we have lots, lots of... Um, I don't think House of the Dragon stuff. I mean, there were a few other like small things like Patty Considine had originally been offered a part in Game of Thrones. He turned it down without even reading the script because it had dragons. dragons. Um, so stuff like that. We got a little clarification on um, the sh that the show will not depict sexual violence. That's been kind of a thing that's gone back and forth of what the show will it has, show, what it won't. Hasn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. One of the uh, writers and producers, Sarah Hess, um, said House of the Dragon will not, not depict sexual violence screen, but there will be one off-screen instance and the ramifications of it will be covered in the show. Um, Matt Smith, however, says Damon has too much sex. So we'll see what actually happens. Yeah, so there's going to be um, no sexual violence, but an abundance of consensual sex, apparently, is what I'm kind of picking up from these two competing viewpoints. Um, yeah. Sounds reasonable. I guess we'll see. You know, it, I mean, it is true that since 2011, the, I mean, for obvious reasons, the discussion and climate around depictions of sex, sexual assault has changed a lot. And of course, sure. a show made today is going to be more responsible and responsive to what's happened for the Me Too movement, 2015, 2016, a lot of things, a lot of conversations were started that were only bubbling before. So yeah. this will be, which is kind of tricky when you're a show that has a tradition of not only Game of Thrones, but HBO in general, of being a pretty sexy network. It's kind of like how they set themselves apart back in the day. So it's going to be yeah. interesting to see how these prestige HBO shows move into a new era where people are a lot more careful. About it. Also, Sean Bean, speaking of this stuff, Sean Bean fully going out and saying yeah. like, oh, intimacy coordinators. Now that'd be too inhibiting. I like to just kind of go in there and do what feels natural. I'm like, Jesus Sean. Christ, Sean. He gave us very yeah. Much, that was a hot um, take. Back get back off my in lawn, my dude. day, uh, yeah. You know, back when people couldn't vote or whatever, it was nicer. Um, so that wasn't a great take, but uh, no. I'm I have faith that the House of the Dragon will 
be responsible when it comes to these dicey issues. But again, it's going to have they're going to have to walk a line. Yeah, I mean, there are shows that do it well. So it's not like, oh, this impossible task. Like, I, I know this is the one I always hold up. I'm going to do it again. Black Sails. Black Sails. Black Sails. The sex scenes in Black Sails, some of them were really hard to watch. It definitely had sexual violence, but it always, they mm -hmm. handled it so well and addressed it well. And it always was serving the plot. It was never, uh, you know, it never once felt like they have a quota of private parts they need to show and that's why they have these sex scenes and i think that was a way it really differentiated itself from game of thrones so there are examples i i feel like house of the dragon could do well we're all on black sales i hope yeah follow black I mean, sales i'm not um because <laughs> i'm not against on principle a scene of sexual violence if it's done tastefully and done for a good purpose but i understand why you want to steer clear of it completely uh, to be on the safe side and just yeah, to, absolutely because there's there's an almost like philosophical argument that just that even depicting something um, that's vile to condemn it is putting it out in the universe in a way that some people will take in a way you didn't intend. So yeah, it's a thorny issue, and I will ha be happy to see how they handle it. That's about, yeah, uh, that's been House a tricky point for Outlander. That's been a tricky point for Outlander Ooh. too because it has a lot. that show but you know speaking so, of shows that aren't game of thrones or house of the dragon um why yeah. don't we discuss some of the other things we've been watching because we've been watching quite a bit uh the yeah. content avalanche is on and so far i've been enjoying it for example i Me really too. enjoyed the television show the sandman which landed on netflix just this past friday um i've read this comic a couple of times it's by neil gaiman uh back in the 80s and the early 90s it is about very briefly a family of anthropomorphic personifications of various aspects of the human condition all just trying to live their eternal lives we got dream there um played by tom sturridge looking like a full just emo mall goth late like early 2000s fantasy come back into the forefront unexpectedly who could have predicted it and Kirby Absolutely. Howell Baptiste as death I mean really that is a look that has a place and time and I don't mind seeing it again it's kind of fun um I really liked it Julie yeah. loved it I'm really glad you liked it, Julie I wasn't sure because when I watched because I got the screeners pretty early and I was able to watch all of it before it debuted. And I had I had expectations because I know the source material pretty well. And the first two episodes, I didn't like. I'm glad to hear you guys um, are enjoying it, even though you haven't watched much. Like LCH Jeremy only watched two episodes, but good so far. I think it it's a show that improves as it goes on. I didn't like how much they kind of held your hand in the premiere. I didn't like he had a narration, like kind of narrated. I thought... Because the whole point of the premiere is that he's been he's this unknowable figure and he's been captured by tywin lannister and his son and um they don't know what they have <laughs> but he kept on like narrating stuff and just kind of taking away the mystique i didn't like that at all i didn't like the prologue but after the first couple episodes i thought it improved a lot and there were some episodes that i loved 
I loved the one in the diner, the, the fifth one, 24-7, which was a famous oh, voice in the comic. Oh, my gosh. I loved David yeah. Thewlis playing John D., who is kind of this kind of psychopathic, megalomaniacal mental patient who has a hold of dreams ruby which means he can make dreams come true and he uses it to just torture people and oh it was the restraint was so good they really it was like a play kind of you, you get to know all yeah, these totally. little characters in this very confined space and then it turned it upside down I thought that was wonderful i fully teared up at the sixth episode where he chats with death and then makes friends with a dude back in ye old gross medieval times in their friendship last centuries i thought it was very strong and I'm really hoping the show continues because I think it is very imaginative. I think they really, they, they, they've read the comic. Like sometimes you see an adaptation and just, uh, yeah. you can tell they read the Wikipedia entry. Like these people have poured over the source material and maybe even too much. Yeah, like there obvious. are some really weird aspects. I was surprised they bothered to adapt like the weird um, spider women who wear veils in the doll's house, which I'm like, they won't have that. Oh, they have that? Okay, fine. Um, but I okay. appreciate the fidelity. And it doesn't seem like it's being slavishly faithful as a crutch. It seems like they really like this stuff and want to adapt it faithfully. Um, because just because you adapt it faithfully doesn't guarantee success. It can still just come off as kind of cloying and pandering. Um, but in this case, it seems like it comes from a good place. I really, really liked it. I want more. I'm glad you guys seem to be liking it back in the comments. Daniel, you've seen some of it. What did you think? Yeah, so I've seen the first six episodes now. I watched a bunch last night so that I would be in a more informed place for the show today. Um, I was a little... A little slow on it to start. I, I've read the first volume of The Sandman, and I liked it. Mm -hmm. Um... So I liked what I've seen of the show. And then by episode four, I was super into it. The fifth one is amazing. And I remember being shocked it's by really that when strong. I read it in the comics yeah. too. Um, I don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't watched it, but the way they layer did. in like the ominous oh. dread, you, you a little bit, but you didn't talk about, Sorry. you know, all of what happens because it's pretty shocking when things start to uh, go sideways in that episode. Um, and then this, yeah, I teared up too in the sixth episode with death. And that is where I am right now. I've been really enjoying it. Um, it's the kind of show where just on premise, I'm glad it got made because Neil Gaiman's yeah. been trying to get this comic, his seminal comic, like one of the greatest graphic novels of all time. He's been trying to get it made for so long and in a faithful adaptation. And they finally have that. So I hope it sticks to like people give it a chance. So I, I want to ask you, Dan, as someone who knows this story really well, I've seen a lot of people say that they watched the first episode or two and they started to bounce off the show a little bit. Mm -hmm. Why should someone who is bouncing off the show keep going? Like, what is there to hook them back in? What What would your recommendation it gets better. be for those people? Because the first, okay. two, I mean, I, I hate being the guy saying like, you just got to watch until it gets good. Because <laughs> generally... Yeah, I, I think that's kind of bull. Like, if a show or a movie like isn't good in for, for, in the first stretch, why should you waste your time putting um, your energy into it? I'm gonna make an exception yeah. because I really did think the show uh, really improved quite a bit after the second episode, 
and really kind of after yeah. at least one of the four to, to, to me. Um, Same. And I, I can't remember another time when I've been so upset at the beginning. I was afraid it was going to suck. I was like, ooh, that wasn't good. They're doing it yeah. wrong. This is a failure. They spent all this money on a failure. Um, and then ended up loving oh, the show so much. Not just because I really do think the show earned it. I think this. I think the series was very strong. I think the episodes were very well done. I I was very affected by a lot of what happened, particularly in those in five and six. Um, but because yeah. at a more meta level, I want to award a show that is not a sequel or a remake or a reboot of something that is a great totally. story that's been around for decades, that is getting a chance to get exposed to a whole new audience and in a way that I think uh, it's been really, really effective. So I say keep watching because it gets, it genuinely gets much better. Although if you're not liking it by like four or five, like you can get out then. Like, I, I mean, you can have whatever yeah. you want. But because um, I, I honestly do hate the like, just got to get the season two. Like what? I have a life. Like I can't just sit around yeah. watching everything until I get season two. But in this case, I think you'll know I think by five. Season, watching its entirety. That's still yeah. five hours of your damn life, though. It's true. It's true. I mm -hmm. I I started really liking it more but on the third. You weren't episode. doing anything. It's fine. This it's, it's true. This person this person that we made up. Yeah. <sighs> uh, Westworld um, is still going so, on, and yeah, um, Westworld has not been bad. See, Julie and Nicole is talking about Westworld a bit. Yeah, it's it's been a good season. I know you didn't like the most recent episode, Daniel. I yeah, I was pretty let down with the most recent one. Not enough that I'm like, you know, piecing out of Westworld because the season has been really good. I just I was so surprised kind of at how they set up some of these characters coming back together and then glossed over some things, um, you know, like Maeve and Bernard. We don't see what their first interaction in like yeah, 30 years is like. They're just kind of back on a quest. Um, I've it felt a little more like season two Westworld to me this last episode Ooh. i'm still really excited to see what they do in the finale watch that. um mm -hmm. yeah and the season as a whole has been fantastic so i like it i i'm more nervous than i was a week ago i'm enjoying it too i do think overall no matter what happens from here on out this show is destined to become a cautionary tale um of a series that was so big in its first season and then just I'm sorry, to me anyway, really squandered <laughs> all the hype it had going with a couple of meandering, uh, just sort of joyless seasons and also not intriguing enough. Like, I don't require joy as if you're giving like a, a really cool mystery, but it just didn't work. And then they've recovered nicely, but I mean, recovering Damn. nicely three seasons later, who's still around? Um, so what a, a fun tale. And I hope they, you know what? Maybe they'll come back and they'll become a phenomenon again in season five. Uh, yeah. But I, think, I hope it gets to season I'm five. Like, the meta level. I mean, who knows with David Zaslav, Canton stuff left and right. Um, it's a, yeah. it's a, it's a, it is the wild west out there now. Oh, nice. <laughs> you also watched, uh, you also watched, Daniel, you, you watched the Predator prequel Hulu film Prey. What was that yes. like? Now you're yes, a I did. Fan. I mean, I you love Predator, but you don't know fan. who played um, the one commando um, who was Carl Weathers. And That's I did. true. But otherwise, yes. you're very good at this stuff. 
I think that makes you the true Stan. Um, <laughs> so I, longtime Predator fan, the new Predator prequel, Prey, is on Hulu. I needed to take a few more <laughs> minutes to gush about it because it is, it's such a good movie. It's set in like 300 years before the original uh, on the grains. It's about a Comanche warrior named Naru who kind of comes across this strange presence in the forest and then one thing leads to another and she's in a hunt or be hunted situation with this alien i'm gonna say prey might be the only movie in this franchise that is so good and so thoughtfully constructed that even if you don't care the tiniest bit of it it if you're remotely into fi this is worth your time. Mm-hmm. Um, I would recommend this to people who aren't fans of the franchise. And it's also just a really important movie in terms of like the representation of it and the records it's setting. Um, it's kind of getting rave reviews. It's the number one premiere ever on Hulu out of both TVs uh-huh. and TV shows and movies. Um, that's good from its three-day weekend. It's good for Disney. Yeah, it's the first major movie to star a Native American woman as the role. Um, it's also the first time a major movie has ever been released in Comanche. There's a Comanche overdub you can watch on Hulu with subtitles. Um, and the actors who played the parts actually read their Comanche lines. So when it, you see different actors um, with those overdubs, it's actually them saying it. I just, I'm, I can't lie. I've been kind of obsessed with this movie since it came out. It, it was, I never expected to be this obsessed with a predator movie in 2022 like i don't know a bunch of them have come out since i've been a fan there's never been one where i've been like yes watch this even if you don't like predator it's that good um <laughs> pray is that movie it's that good that's interesting valerie wonders if horizon zero dawn inspired prey might have an alloy huh do you think yeah. so daniel she, she she does have Aloy vibe for sure. Um, you know, Aloy is kind of the one in her village and horizon who's like she the understands one. the technology. She kind of she's she sees through like the veil of mysticism a little bit to be like, this is what this actually is. And Naru has the same vibe where everyone's telling her she's seeing things or oh ha ha, you a bear track, and she's like, It's not a bear. Bears don't skin snakes and gut them and take their skulls. So something is uh-huh. um, I, a cool thing. I want to watch it. I want to watch it. I didn't last should. weekend. We ended up watching the movie Belfast instead with uh, Jamie Dorn and Judy Dench about uh, the uh-huh. troubles, which is also very good. I don't know how was we it? came to that instead of Prey. But yeah, yeah, it was pretty good. It wasn't bad at all. But okay. Just, uh, okay, cool. I, 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 I didn't think we were watching that one. But um, I will get around to Prey because it sounds really cool. I tried watching the Orville because of you. So I will watch Prey too. Sweet, um, yeah, Prey Prey is fantastic. Um, one thing about the Horizon Zero Dawn comment too, the soundtrack in this movie, which is phenomenal, uh, was done by the same person who did Assassin's Creed Valhalla. So there is a little bit of that video game influence. There's some parkour going on in this movie. Um, <laughs> and yeah. Uh, LCH Jeremy uh, says he watched it on our recommendation. Glad you checked it out. Uh, thought it was really good. Put it third favorite Predator movie behind the first and Predators. 
Uh, Valerie liked Predators too. And man, I gotta say, I liked Predators. The amount of love that has come out for that that one since this premiered has kind of surprised me. Predators was the 2010 one with Adrian Brody. It's kind of... It's like in the middle between the the more serious and the more ridiculous entries in the franchise. It's good. It's a bunch of basically trained killers are abducted and put in an alien game preserve, and then they're hunted by the predators. Nice. Um, that one, a lot of people have come out and said, I think that was the best Predator sequel. So cool to see that gets some love too. Which one was the Corinthian in? He was in the one, <laughs> which we, which is pretty much agreed <laughs> across the board. It's the worst solo Predator movie. But Boyd Hallbrook, he was in The Predator, which came out in 2018. And basically, the only thing that one kind of really got from the original was like the toxic masculinity of a bunch of military bros, like okay. with their jargon to knock each other and make misogynistic comments. It was kind of bad. Um, and the movie itself. Of all the things to take from the original, if you pick that That one. was, it, I and like, that sounds ridiculous, but like, if you watch them side by side, it's like, that's the one thing. There's no sense of like being hunted or like commentary on the idea of wh- how Predator and Prey fit into a food really? chain or anything like that. It's it's just kind of a mess. Um, but yeah, Prey, Prey is not a mess. Prey is excellent. Excellent. I hope it gets schools, even though it doesn't really need them. It probably will, and they will probably not be as good, and a whole new cycle will begin. Probably. That's how it goes, right? Um, in 2045, it's going to be uh, yeah. another one's going to knock our socks off. It's true. So, Dan, you mentioned you started watching the Orville. Um, um, that was one thing I wanted to talk a little bit about because the Orville New Horizons aired its finale last week. So where are you in the show, and how are you feeling? Oh, about season it? one. Um, okay, I'm season one, and I'm enjoying it. It's nice. Also watching the bear. Um, yeah, it, it's fun. I mean, oh, nice. it, it hasn't. Um, I I never watched Star Trek. I never watched any. Um, so I can tell it's riffing on it, and it's it it it, it it's a strange experience to have like to know it's referencing something, but to have no frame of reference for the references, you know, it's a little odd. Yeah. Um, but I'm enjoying it. I mean, That's the fair. cast is likable. I like how earnest it is. There's not a whole lot yeah. of irony in it. It's like, these people are here to do good and they're going to try to do good. And they just succeed in the end in doing good. Um, which I'm honestly yeah. not really used to. Um, yeah, but I'm enjoying it. It's pleasant. It's fun. It goes down easy. And, um, I'm trying to just enjoy it and not wish I was watching New Horizons, which is the one everyone says is amazing. Yeah, that's definitely fair. And there are good episodes in the first two seasons. Mm-hmm. New Horizons. Oh, yeah. I'm uh, liking it. You know, New Horizons. I, so Charlie's I don't Throne think anyone is in ex- it. Who? Charlie's Throne oh. is in it just randomly as oh, a wow. guest star. I forgot about that. I was that. watching well, it. I was like, she looks like Th- Charlie's Throne. Can you imagine that? And I was like, oh my god, <laughs> how do they get her? They do, uh, they have great guest Liam stars Mason's in that it. show. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, he is. Um, there is a movie. He does have pull. Uh, he, so he did A Million Ways to Die in the West with Charlize Theron. 
right before that show. So presumably that's where the strings were able to get pulled to get her on it. Um, but yeah, new, new horizons. Um, you know, it, I, it still hasn't been renewed for a fourth season. We're all kind of waiting to see because for my money, I think it might be one of the best seasons of television we've got this year. Like it ended really strong. It kind of ended on a funny note at like the, the episode before the last one was huge and epic as good as anything in like a star Wars movie, like really, really excellent. And then the finale was very character focused and it kind of did feel like a victory lap for the show. Um, and, and I just hope they get a chance to keep making it because if it gets canceled at this point, it's kind of like canceling something when it's at the total top of its game just feels so weird. Like if there's not a Wrong. network shakeup, yeah, like it's different than you know something stumbling or something's off in the production or a company gets bought. Like this is Disney, who is producing this right now. Disney through Hulu, they are as stable as it gets, and the Orville is better than most yes. of the things they've been producing. Um, uh-huh. So yeah, I really hope it gets a fourth season. Drag Miss Marvel, drag her. Um, I like Miss Marvel. I'm wondering, it, like, I, if you just <laughs> said you hated it. Um, I like. <laughs> I think about like, would it be a good fit for Disney? Ah, it's Cat. And um, I think yeah, like, Coda what, what, what cat is that? Is that Seth? Seth, this is Coda. He's here to hang Coda. out. Coda, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Is that Peter Griffin? Is that Family Guy the cat? Because you love the Orville so much. Um, no. I keep thinking like, <laughs> would the Not Orville be a good fit for Disney? Um, and like, it's kind of odd, at least in the first season, because it is very earnest and straightforward and kind of up with people and life affirming. And then they like drop a really filthy joke in there sometimes. Yeah. Um, which is very not Disney. It's kind of odd, like the, the, the mix in there. It's like, just like Star Trek, if it worked blue, like old fashioned Star Trek, if it worked blue, um, which I like, but, um, Maybe it does belong on, but then again, it's on Disney Plus, so I guess they think it's yeah. I think it's okay. Oh, Valerie, I liked Ms. Marvel. Daniel's the one who just said that Orville's better than everything they're doing, which is basically just just drag it through the mud. I I don't I don't it's know why true. he's so angry. Drive it through the mud. Oh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I liked Ms. Marvel, but I stand by that. I think the Orville's better than any of anything I've seen on Disney Plus this year. Um, New Horizon specifically. Like, I ugly cried in like five episodes in a row, and that just doesn't happen to me with shows. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. It, and it is it is a weird marriage for Disney Plus because you're right. It is, um, you know, a little more adult, like in spurts. It, it's not like consistently gory or anything, but like every once in a while yeah, they'll not. throw in a filthy joke or they'll have, um, you know, a very serious topic. Um, but it's distributed by Disney Plus in most countries. So I can see how it makes sense for them to get it on that platform. I hope it does well. I mean, I, if Daredevil can be in Disney Plus, I guess the Orville can too after um, they open that door. And yeah. next it's just, you know, Mickey Mouse trip out of the corner um, on, on Disney Plus, like people were saying. All right, Daniel, should we do the Wick News lightning round where we go through a bunch of stories we didn't have time to do? 
uh, and give our 20 second takes for the second time in the episode. Yeah, I think we I think we should because as Julie says, this cat has me well trained, and I, he's not going to let me sit here too much longer. So maybe we should do the lightning round. He wants you to leave. Nah, he doesn't want me to leave unless it's to get him okay. dinner. Gotcha. But it might be like he wants cuddles, but I don't know Coda very well. I don't know Seth. Okay, all right. That's um, true. I haven't looked at these at all, so I'm excited. Who should go first? Um, let me see, because I did put them into order. Uh, I'm gonna read to oh, you first. Do Are it. you ready? Yeah, yeah, we're just loving me. I have the remainder of the gavel. The handle's gone. I don't know why. The handle's just gone. <laughs> that now it's just a block of wood. Um, right. So the Joker 2, which stars Lady Gaga as Harley Quinn, mm-hmm. gets a release date. Joker Filet a duh is scheduled theaters on October 4th, 24. Are you going to see it? Will it be great? Fully adieu. It's French. Um, I'll probably see it, yeah. I saw the first Joker uh, in part because there was so much kind of talk about it. I just was curious. And I mean, yeah, look, you're going to make a sequel to this billion-dollar movie. You're going to cast Lady Gaga as Harley Quinn. It's going to be a musical. You have my attention. That is a, that, that's a bold, weird move. Um, yeah. Yeah, out of nothing else, curiosity, I'm there. All right, Daniel, let's see what we're going to tap for you. All right, Daniel, did you know that the uh, cable network Stars is making a Outlander prequel show called Blood of My Blood? It's in development. What do you think? It is. Um, I think that's an interesting tack. Um, it's, they're saying that Diana Gabaldon is involved, the, the author of the books. She is also writing a book about Jamie Fraser's parents, which is what this new show is about. Um, she was kind of like, no one's talked to me about being involved with this show. Um, so I think this one, this story is developing, but it's a thing that's happening. All right, Dan. So the next Disney plus show that will be less good than the Orville, which is coming out is she Hulk. Yes, it's true. Um, She-Hulk on Disney Plus. Daredevil, Matt Murdock, played by Charlie Cox, will be in it. And in one of the most recent TV spots, we saw he wears a yellow outfit. You down for the yellow Daredevil? I don't care. Um, I honestly am a little... I don't know if this is the same Matt Murdock from the Netflix show or if they're just going to hard reset and have a whole new guy. I feel like we should know by now. And the fact that we don't um, has me thinking maybe they're going to pull a fast one and have it be like a new Disney daredevil. But we'll find out very quickly because that show comes out in like the 17th, I think. Yep. Yep. Right. That's definitely a question. Daniel, sticking with the Marvel of it all, uh, Marvel Studios CEO Kevin Feige wanted to kill Captain America and Thor in Avengers Endgame, but uh, he didn't. What do you think about that? Yes. Yeah, the uh, the Russo brothers, uh, Joe and Anthony Russo, who directed it, they talked Kevin Feige off the ledge and basically said, if we kill off all these characters, it's going to make the... None of them are going to hit as well. So Feige, it's wanted to phase out most of the OG Avengers, and the movie ended up kind of doing that anyway, because Captain America got real old. Uh, yeah. Julie says the, the that the buzzer sounds sick, which which is cute. It is okay, a little faded this, this time. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was wondering if that was just just in my flu. headphones. It's true. You mean actually ill, Julie? We got it. Yeah, this the buzzer has COVID. Uh, it should probably take time off. Um, okay, Dan. So the next lightning round story, sticking with the superhero mm-hmm. theme, but in a different way. Goody. Veep, the creator of Veep, is making an HBO satire age. about the, the hellscape of franchise superhero movie making. You going to watch that? I mean, look, we've had three lightning round stories in a row about superheroes. Obviously, there's room for the superheroes are in the air. Um, yeah, I yeah. really liked Veep, really enjoyed it. Armando Iannucci. I did not like Avenue 5, the other HBO show. I thought like, that was Me pretty neither. bad, actually. Um, yeah. But yeah, bring it on. I almost feel like it's overdone, because we already have The Boys, which is super, which is satire. I almost think do something else entirely, but there's definitely material there. Yeah, and he's good. I mean, most of the time. So yeah, I'll check yeah. it out. I'm intrigued. I like that it's okay. about making the movies as opposed to like sure. superhero, like you know, superheroes and culture, what would they be like? It's cool that it's, uh, why is making the movie so awful? Um, Tinseltown, expose. But okay, yes. Daniel. Okay, we're off superheroes. Um, no more. for Noah Hawley's upcoming Alien prequel series on FX are finished, with filming expected to begin in 2023. You like Predator. How do you feel about Alien? I love Alien. Natural nemesis. Alien. Um, I'm, I'm really nervous about this Alien series. It's set in the past on Earth. Well, like Ripley's past, our future, like the 2070s. Um, Believe it or not. But yeah, we'll see what happens. They're filming it next year. It's nice that work is moving along on it. Um, Noah Hawley's done a good job on Fargo from what I've heard. So hopefully he can do it with Alien too. So we'll see. Take that. Sickly buzzer. <laughs> All, right. Um, All right. We already talked about this one a little bit, but now you get a chance to give your coordinated 20-second hot take. Uh, so Sean Bean, Work. Ned Stark in Game of Thrones, said mm-hmm. that having an intimacy coordinator on set, that's the person who makes sure that everything goes kosher uh, for filming sex scenes, having one of those on sets would inhibit him. Yeah, it just sucks. I mean, intimacy coordinators have become kind of de rigor on sets since the Me Too movement, especially because the reality is you putting actors in those vulnerable positions can expose them to kind of uh, uncomfortable, potentially harmful situations. And you want someone on set who's looking out for them. So, of course, they're great. And Sean being just different times, different age, just didn't get the memo. It was cooler in the early 90s, I guess, for him when he would just do whatever he wants. No consequences. Um, not great. But yeah. one does not simply rag on intimacy coordinators. Okay. That's nice. And finally, <laughs> you got it. Uh, finally, Daniel. Um, so Peter Jackson, the creator of the Lord of the Rings trilogy of movies, was apparently approached by Amazon to consult on their new Lord of the Rings series and then just ghosted. Yeah, I, I think this is kind of hilarious. Uh, they approached Peter John asking if he would have input on the Rings of Power. This was like four or five years ago, apparently. 
And Jackson said, sure, send me the scripts. It's impossible for me to know if I want to be involved <laughs> without seeing them. And then they just never sent him the scripts. And now the show's coming out. Um, so he has an hard feeling. He says he'll watch it and that'll be fun. <laughs> but who goes nice Peter one. Jackson? Oh, uh, yeah. Jeff Bezos goes Peter Jackson. Jeff Bezos does what he wants. That's Jeff fair. Peter Jackson is a billionaire. Jeff Bezos is like a billionaire times 250-ish last I checked. So he can, afford, he can do whatever he want. He can afford to affront Peter um, Jackson. Totally can. He can afford to affront Peter Jackson. He can afford to affront Fran Walsh, everybody. Um, that's our show for this week, everybody. We, said, we, said, we had some technical difficulties, but we, but we powered through them. I thought we had a good show. I thought things leveled out after a while. Thank you for being here. You're the real heart of this show is Julie and Nicole and Valerie and Joanne and Christian, everybody out there. It's, it's, it's you and it's us. It's the world. It's true. I know where I'm going with this. Um, anyway, <laughs> we are available in podcast form wherever podcasts are available from iTunes, Google Play and beyond to Google Play and beyond. And of course, we are live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time here on the Winners Coming Facebook page and the Winners Coming YouTube page. And we're also going to do, um, after House of the Dragon episode recap review gab sessions every Sunday night beginning August 21st first at those same places. So we'll see you yeah. there. We'll see you on Sundays. We'll see you on Wednesdays. We'll see you all week for 10 straight weeks. Looking forward to it. That's right. Anyway, see you next week. And may there be an appropriate amount of fire and blood in your life. Nice. Take care. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.